Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. to another episode of Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today I have with me Dr. Casey Kent, PhD. She is the founder and chief alchemist of Apothecary of Light, Health and Healing. A recovering corporate ladder climber, Casey blends her Western biomedical wisdom with her Eastern energy experiences to support wellness for the whole being, body, mind, soul, and spirit. After medical trauma in 2017 nearly extinguished her light, Casey created Spark Healing Summit as a place for practitioners to show up as their whole selves, to embrace the light and shadow of their collective and individual humanity. Thank you, Casey. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. So I want to start with you introducing yourself to us. Okay. <laughs> Tell us your story. Yeah, my name is uh, Casey Kent, as you've said before. Um, and I joke that my story starts at birth, but obviously we don't have that kind of time, so we <laughs> won't start there. But um, I began understanding a little bit more about um, what I name Eastern practices when I was a graduate school at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Um, and I was studying biomedical research specifically in genetics and cardiovascular um, genetics and had a really hard time um, in that sector. Um, I didn't really know when getting into grad school how difficult the emotional part was going to be. I expected it was going to be a challenge um, like mentally and intellectually. And so I was seeking outside of the lab and outside of the academic um, environment for finding uh, other tools and I had become a yoga exchange person so that I worked the front desk in order to receive um, yoga classes and be part of that community. And I started to be connected with um, a couple of yoga teachers who did more metaphysical type work in their classes. Um, and I was intrigued. And so that started me on my journey to um, recognize that there was more to the whole story of healing beyond what was happening in the you know, four walls of the hospital where I was getting um, a prestigious education. Um, and so that's where I was first introduced to energy healing um, and meditation, Reiki, that kind of thing. Um, and so that I started to become aware that those things were really integrated. Um, it's taken me a long time. That was 10 years ago to be able to find a space where I feel pretty centered in um, understanding how, in my mind, all the paths lead up the mountain um, and that it is this integration of them and rather rather than one over the other. Um, and in my life, I've had that pendulum swing back and forth, like 
well, it's science. Science, that's how that describes our wellness. Or like, well, I kind of want to divorce myself from the scientific community. And really, if we just use our minds and words to create our own reality, then we can be healthy. And I have sort of come to the space of, of the integration of, of those two pieces of me. Mm-hmm. And well, I think it needs to be repeated. I say this all the time, but we're energetic beings having a physical human experience. Exactly, I love that. And so I believe that we incarnated in these lives to take that journey of reconciliation between the physical and the energetic. And mm-hmm. so we can have a medical cure mm-hmm. with whatever we're struggling with on the physical level. But healing is a totally different dynamic and you might not get rid of your dis-ease or imbalance, but you can still call and claim to be healed. And can you talk a little bit about that? And especially Mm. maybe in light of your, if that's okay with your near-death experience that you experienced? Absolutely. So um, what really spurred me onto this path of my business, Apothecary of Light, was a near-death experience. And um, I had bilateral pulmonary emboli. And for your audience that is medically trained, they probably know this. But for those that aren't, uh, I had blood clots that traveled from somewhere else in my body and were in my lungs and occluded my my breathing pathways. And I passed out. Um, and really that passing out was... Loss, loss of oxygen to the point of I should have died. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember in the process of it happening to me, uh, the day started out really beautifully and I chanted to Lakshmi, came downstairs to um, feed my cat. And then all of a sudden I felt like if I was a, an appliance who had a, electricity plugged in, <laughs> that it had just been removed and I went to... And as that, I'm sure no one could see what I just did, but it's <laughs> a great sound effect, though. Exactly. <laughs> um, and as I was dying through this process, I thought in myself, oh, I didn't think I was done yet. So there was some recognition to me that this wasn't just a, a pass out experience that I'm going to get over. There was a connection to this. Um, mystery beyond two of like, wait, hey, energy out there, do I get to stay in this body and do this work? And um, I know that I was being called to to higher purpose. And I had been a corporate ladder climber, like like you mentioned, um, and that this I had been dabbling um, in the energy field as a career. And so this is that's sort of what got me on the path. But as, so I went to the hospital, right? That I didn't go to a healer to say, can you please help me remove these blood clots from my lungs? Right. <laughs> um, however, when I did go to the hospital and I was, I didn't uh, know how bad it was at all until I was in, um, I was in a CAT scan and like they asked me to hold my breath and I was like, I can't. I literally can't. And so I was really surprised. And then my my medical knowledge became a, a challenge, actually, because I was like, oh, 
there's a reason that physicians speak in Latin <laughs> is to obscure some of the information. And I understood a lot of what was going on. And when they said that my RV was bigger than LV, that's my right ventricle of my heart is bigger than my left ventricle of my heart. And I had a panic attack. You know, it's like, you're kidding me. That's, that's you're like, shit, that's bad. That's not normal. <laughs> I studied the heart yeah, for graduate study. Yeah, not good. <laughs> this is not at all good. Um, but I activated my team. So my, um, I do have people on this earth who um, are energetic healers. Um, those who are, um, I mean, everyone's an energetic being. I, I believe that too. Um, but who have really access to their, their healing gifts. And so I reached out to them and was like, okay, well, this really bad thing happened. Um, can you, can you help me? Can you help the process? And, um, I was basically to the medical community that saw me in the hospital. They could not believe number one, that I was still alive. And number two, that I, that I healed so quickly or that I was able to pass all my clots um, in a way that I was, I was doing well. And some of it had to do with denial of me just being like, I'm totally fine. But, um, yes, those, that combination, I went and I had catheter directed thrombolysis. So I had a medical procedure in which chemicals were put in my body to be able to dissolve clots. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was activating to my team, my healers, and they were working on me and checking in and helping, um, the, the Western medicine work better, better, faster. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And this is one of the things that I'm passionate about too. And that's why I'm so excited to have you having this conversation with me is that I, I feel like this is really the missing link with so like Western medicine is amazing. It does amazing things. Yes. It's not perfect. Nope. And there's a lot of things that's not good at it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, but in order for us to thrive and be humans, which means we're constantly bombarded by toxins, other people's energies, all of these things, like we have to still maintain some level of detoxification pathways. Like our body still has to function and that happens through chemistry yes. and physics mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and biology, of course. But then also too, like we, like you just said, you were, you were in, you called it denial, mm -hmm. but some would actually call it, you know, like a positive manifestation of your own healing path right. of saying, you know, I am well, I am whole, I can transcend this. Yes. I can heal past this. Yes. And so I am so excited for other practitioners like you, like me, to really be able to bring this true integration to patients, people, whatever you want to call them, all people, yeah. and help them awaken to that. Because I feel like that's something that we're trained out of as consumers of healthcare. Yes. And we're trained to give our power away to someone else. Yes, absolutely. To make decisions for us, to tell us what's best for us. And so, yeah, so that's, I'm just excited. And, and, and I think that's also what you're doing with Spark is you're bringing that other level of that other dimension into it. Absolutely. And giving people more and more tools so that they can go to the doctor, they can do their lab work, they can work on whatever chronic conditions they have or acute conditions. Right. Um, but then they need more, we all need more support. We like, and our doctors can't do it all. Like that's no. an unreasonable expectation to put on them as well. 
So, and yeah. It, it's what's really um, becoming enlightened to me. Um, I, it's, it's funny that I use the word enlightened because um, learning how, how trauma is really stored in the body and that it really is there and that um, in my life I can speak from my experience that there's a lot of it that I close the door on. And um, I'm laughing about enlightened because I'm calling that shadow work. So I've been working with people recently to uncover those held traumas in the body and how to transmute them. Um, perhaps uh, I've heard some people say that you can't actually um, change that feeling in your body, but you can change the relationship that you have with mm. it. And so that, that's part of the idea of, um, you know, your thoughts and your words create your reality too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I've been taking a course over the past year in neuro-linguistic programming. So truly learning that the words, our belief system, is what creates our reality. Mm -hmm. And like we were talking about in my medical trauma, if I just said I'm healed, there's nothing wrong with me, um, that was my reality at the moment. That wasn't the always reality because um, healing is a journey. It's not, it's one layer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, and that, that get, does get back to the sh looking at both light and shadow are the dance of love. Mm -hmm. This Rumi quote that I adore and it's actually um, the theme of this year's Spark Healing Summit so that we... Um, are invited to look both at our individual shadow um, and that shadow being the often neglected parts of ourself um, and how that fits into a community too. As a human race, a human species, can we look at what our deepest shadow is? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, that's um, white supremacy culture, that's um, oppression um, and how do we heal as a unit? Mm -hmm. And from what I have experienced, that's always in community. Mm -hmm. And yes, we have to do our own work and we have to do that work with others and with community in order to raise the collective. Yes. And it takes a willingness and a level of acceptance and what I feel and see, I think, that is absent in what I'll just call, like, mainstream discussions about what you just brought up mm -hmm. is um, the lack of compassion. Mm. And there's such a strong, and I know it's coming from pain and hurt and trauma, mm -hmm. but it's ironic that it's... I feel like there needs to be, like, if we could approach it without the judgment. Exactly. Could we, like, could we talk about it in a objective way and acknowledge each person, culture, history's role yep. without the blame, the name calling, the almost, like, I want to make you feel bad. Yes. Because that's not healing or helpful. No. But yeah, but I agree with you. Yes, like they're they're, and I do feel like we're going through it, and I and mm -hmm. it's we're definitely having growing pains. Yes, but I think the world in general is. I mean, because it's not just the United States. It isn't. Well, and I think that this is part of the key is to have 
sacred spaces where you can have brave conversations. And so I set some parameters around my spaces that I that I um, create. And for me, that's the four C's or my pillars. So um, courage, compassion, curiosity, and community. And so if we lead and have conversations in the way that those four things are equally important, I think that creates a, a container where we might be able to look at our own experiences. So we've all had trauma. I've heard it said that the one unifying thing that each human has is trauma. And the trauma may be different. And it's learning to look at a person for the person inside, hearing the full story, rather than making assumptions from the outset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- you know, Brene Brown is one of my favorite um leaders in in this space of um really leaning in and she talks about um hold hands with strangers when you bring someone into your space and you want to know their actual story that creates a connection that's so different than this um looking from the outside or othering right Mm -hmm. and so um i'm trying to do something that's a little perhaps not unique but unique to me and i am certainly um growing in this way of learning to have courageous conversation, learning how to think more consciously of how um, I interact with others. Um, And I'm a privileged white person, right? So I I live in a white body um, and I would like to use my privilege to be able to create spaces that, that move these conversations forward. I'm not going to shy away from them. and if we can do it in wellness conversations, uh, I, I think that is a huge um, step in the right direction, I guess I should say. Yeah, and I, because I, th- I think and I feel like there's this element of, of comparison to when we're in what I will, I'll just continue to call it like the mainstream mentality sure. of mm-hmm. it versus this enlightened sacred space that you're creating. And I, you know, and I don't think it's very conscious. Maybe it's for some people it is, but I think overall it's not. It's like we start to even compare our trauma. Like, oh, well, you haven't really experienced trauma because it's not this bad. Or, and I think that even like encourages people not to talk about their trauma. And there's so much about trauma that we already don't talk about, whether it's, something that happened within your family dynamic or within even like a church dynamic or whatever it is or you know dynamics work dynamics so many different things um and yeah so I think it's important that we also remind people that no trauma is too small exactly and that comparative suffering um like is has no helpfulness in your experience right so for me, in my experience, these traumas that I've embodied are impactful. Like, they've shaped my world. And if I try to discount them by saying, well, it's not nearly as bad as someone else's experience, that's totally taking me out of the equation. And that's mm-hmm. saying I'm not valid for having that experience. Right. Yeah, it's totally discounting our own value. Exactly. Which, again, like has become so culturally ingrained that you know, it's, it's just crazy to me, like how we've let it go on this long of, 
you know, whether it's, you know, different genders or different races or, you know, it's because, it, and that's the other thing that's interesting to me is it's not isolated to one group that we discounted. Right. It's like we discount almost everything and, and then yet we still want to like hold some things higher than others. It's, it's just yeah. a very interesting. It is. And interesting what you're talking thing. about is intersectionality, right? So looking at how all of these um, are like our stations in life, right? Which is, I, I did air quotes because it's like, well, that's a hard way to call it. I heard, I've heard recently it called your um, social geography, like mm. where you fit into um, the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's that really diving in and having a, a true conversation with someone to understand and unpack that person's experience. Um, and if we can listen, listen to really absorb and learn more about this person versus like, oh, I've already set my parameters, who I think this person is, and they have mm-hmm. to prove me wrong. Yeah. Um, so which creates an um, um, adversarial dynamic right exactly. off the bat. Exactly. And we're all in we're all in a learning process and if we can give each other grace through this. Um, but also speak up and I This is new for me to have these kind of conversations over the past year. Um, I, my um, inclination is when I I feel uncomfortable and don't know the language or exactly what to say, it's get quiet and like read a bunch of things. And like I, as a scientist, it's like, I got to say the right thing. Like, this is how it works. Like I have to say it. Um, And I've I've looked at all of the potential things that I could say wrong, and then I've chosen this one. And so I'm challenging myself over this year, and in a space, like I'm creating a pretty public space where I can make some um, flub-ups. It can be messy. And how can I make continue to make mistakes, because that's how we move forward, in mm-hmm. a way that our... our Still compassionate for others mm-hmm. um, and um, never having the intent to harm, but also recognizing when I do that it's time to speak up again, mm-hmm. you know, like that this was a, this was a challenge. And so um, it's very important for me to say that I can never claim that my space is safe because I don't know anyone else's experience. It is my intention to create a space that is sacred and allows Mm. for these conversations, but it's for someone else to tell me if they think that my space is safe or not. Oh, I like that. I can't prescribe that for someone. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's been a lot of learning lessons this year. (laughs) Yes. I mean, God, for, for all of us, I'm sure, but man. Uh, So on that note of this year what ha- what is your rainbow that's come out of this past year of covid since mm-hmm. we're like just past I, you know the official big shutdown <laughs> that happened which i think is where everyone marks like the beginning yes. even though it started way before that it started way before that. <laughs> and for me it's funny that i the summit for me is this um, demarcation point because last year i had scheduled um, tahoe spark in Tahoe, in Kings Beach, um, for April 4th and 5th. And so that was like the middle of the mix when we didn't understand what was going to happen, but everything had shut down, where I converted to this online format. And um, I thought that I was going to have it in person this year and looking at how 
the world was going. That didn't seem like a smart idea. Um, in this silver lining, it's like, okay, well, I learned that process. I learned a way of connecting with people that wasn't physical, which is really hard for me because that it's, I've had a lot of loneliness. I am someone who thrives in community. Hence why I create events that like the focus is around community healing, Mm -hmm. um, and community engagement. Um, I mean, it's been the number of lessons that have come out for me taking into account my own journey, my own healing, my own, like really diving into my shadow, looking at these things. And, um, I've become braver certainly in this time. I, I would say that's, that's been my biggest piece of how do I make these changes while being honoring myself, um, and speaking up when that's been something that's been really challenging, not only, you know, when we're talking about social justice, but in justice for myself, right? What, what is it that I truly need? I've learned, I've learned uh, nonviolent communication techniques, which is a new way to speak to. Um, I'm still practicing those ones. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I've also got to spend much more time with my husband. This has been um, our uh, brand new newlywed time. We did get married in September of 2020. Was supposed to be out in this beautiful uh, islands, um, the San Juan Islands in the uh, Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest area, and we got married in our home. And so it's been navigating. There's just been a lot of introspection and a lot of um, progress that I'm proud of of, mm-hmm. of this self analysis and how to how to be different. Resilience. Yeah, resilience and just bravery. I mean, it's really that's um, came out of it. Yes. Excellent. What else? What else? Um, I think uh, if we're still talking about rainbow, the silver lining or these like I I've come to realize how important my community is. I remember sitting at Thanksgiving, which was usually a big event for um, my husband um, and I, with with our one friend who actually was the officiant at our wedding. So, um, and saying like, you know, when we get out of this, um, you know what, this feeling that we have in ourselves is like, how important community is for us. Like I recognize. Um, I'm, I'm here in Tahoe for the first time of leaving Seattle <laughs> in a year because oh, wow. this is my heart home. Mm-hmm. This is where I need to be with people. Um, yes, I'm resilient. Yes, I'm brave. Yes, I can figure out how to do it online. And, like, this is important. Well, we're social animals. Yes. We are not meant to be isolated. And, I, you know, I know it's only been a year. And medically and scientifically speaking, we as a a human race have done amazing things to learn so much so fast and to come up with what are the best solutions that we can again are they perfect no but um so i think that needs to be said and celebrated but also like we are not meant to stay in this dynamic of isolation and so we have to continue to be creative, to be brave, exactly. to have courage and say, okay, what is our new normal? How are we going to interact with this virus on a day-to-day basis? Yes. 
And that's, again, like what you started with, the conversation of us being energetic beings, but in human bodies and human forms. And as light workers, energy workers, how, how can we be creative? And I've seen this here. You know, we've, we've all turned to online experiences, um, or many of us has turned to um, ways of connecting with community and online experiences. And last year, I was really skeptical of, like, how, how could this feel? Like, because I create retreat experiences where people can hug one another. Like, that's important. Like, we're going to cry together. We're going to hug together. We're going to be in this community. And um, I, was, I was really um, blown away and wish I didn't say surprised, but I was at how powerful that doing energy healings worked over distance. I'm a Reiki master teacher. I don't like the word master, I am, but I teach this mm-hmm, stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know that energy transcends time and space. Of course it does. But when I heard the um, some of the participants, they were like, uh, I felt the hands on my body, and we were not in, in, in physical space. And that was um, validating, I guess I would just say, mm-hmm. um, to have those kind of experiences. Um, I think yes, too, like especially coming, like you said, from a scientific background that it, and I know I've had the, that same journey of confirmation, of confirming that this energy stuff re- really does work. Like, yep. what is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, it is very powerful. And um, I'm excited for both your work and my work and all of our light worker beings and light leaders to um, help others have that experience of being able to transcend, transmute their blockages, their traumas, their, you know, all of the different experiences that they've, you know, and again, I'm talking with my hands too, (laughs) that they've stored away, squirreled away somewhere in their body, whether it, you know, it's their back, their reproductive organs, their throat, their head, Lungs. Heart and lungs. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. exactly. Like all of the, you know, whatever it is or wherever it is, um, there are so many more tools than just Western medicine. Absolutely. Well, and this brings, again, back to this, like, how we create our own reality. So it's how I think we talked briefly about epigenetics, right? Like that we have the DNA molecules in our body that have been passed down from our, our biologic families like that's how the genes work but we as you know energetic beings in a human body get to decide which parts are actually being expressed Um, and this is part that's still so fascinating to me um, and um, a lot of Bruce Lipton's work uh, the Mm -hmm. biology of belief and how truly you know people can transcend what's happening physically because our genes do, um, our thoughts affect our environment, right? And our environment affects our gene expression. And so if we can create through all of these tools that we're learning, like using the the language, using neuro-linguistic programming, because I think people shy away from progr- neuro NLP because it says programming, but in fact, we are repatterning and mm-hmm. reframing the way that we are using our words to shape our reality. Well, because let's face it, we've already been programmed. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that even brings us back to this idea of when, when we're talking and uh, about social justice and the things that have happened in our um 
upbringings, uh, I can speak for myself and this society that we're living in, that things have been implanted into our psyche without our control or our consent in the beginning. And so for me during this past year, I've been going in and interrogating which ones of these are mine mm -hmm. and which one of things are not mine. Okay, and if they are mine, do I want them to stay or do I want them to go? Absolutely. And so this is this whole process and can I then change my my reality? Can I change what my gene expression? Can I be brave? You know, this is, it's big for me to say this because I've been um, a pretty, um, I wouldn't say meek is the first word that's coming up. That's not true. I have a, I'm, I'm a, big person I have a big personality but as I was growing I was uh, and in my childhood I was not invited to speak in a lot of conversation mm -hmm. and so now it's like okay well I'm changing that reality I have the ability to speak mm -hmm. I have the ability to have complex conversations that may be uncomfortable and may be difficult but I've created that for myself by what I want my reality to look like I'm not exactly sure if that means my voice is changing, right, in terms of gene expression, but I can think about my holistic journey, my health journey, um, that I want to be, uh, like, in terms of uh, irony as a geneticist, I have a genetic mutation. Like, that's why I had um, the clotting mm -hmm. disorder, because I do have a clotting disorder. And so, but I haven't been on medication for blood thinners since... Uh, it was six months that I was on them mm -hmm. um, following um, my medical trauma. And then it's like, nope, I don't want to mm -hmm. do this anymore. And so I'm not. I mean, of course, I made lifestyle uh, changes and choices mm -hmm. to to speed my healing. But, um, yeah, I can transcend that something encoded in my DNA yeah. by how I am living day to day. Well, and it's so empowering, and I feel like this is one of the things I really want to, like, get out there is that we have the choice. You have the choice. You don't have to do what someone tells you to do just because they have a different degree or a degree, period. Right. right. You're giving so, your, your agency away. Right? Yes. You're giving your power away. Yes. And so, I again, I, and I totally can relate to the um being encouraged and or allowed to speak in different environments and and i think also too that that brings up the the whole concept of of this of self-worth and the value that we yes. put on our thoughts our feelings our emotions and whether we feel comfortable not expressing that mm -hmm. because they are all valuable mm -hmm. and but if we don't think they are, mm -hmm. then we're not going to express them. They're just going to stay in our little bodies unless we're doing some other, you know, energetic or physical work. But in general, like this is sort of how the stagnicities and blocks perpetuate and then possibly turn, turn into a medical problem. Absolutely. I mean, I love that we're talking about it as the cycle, right? Like we have... Um, the program in our DNA, we have how we would like, you know, how it is expressed, then how we could change that being expressed, and then back to the disease state, right? A disease, right? Mm -hmm. If these limiting beliefs can then reimplant themselves and become a physical manifestation, oftentimes of disease, disease, mm -hmm. this um, 
lack of ease. Um, so I think that um, the, oh, I was going to say the other silver lining. Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I forgot. Um, <laughs> in COVID is I started a daily meditation practice that I was committed to that I've meditated for, you know, quite some time. I'm a yoga teacher. I learned meditation through all of this. And I know that I heard over and over the positive effects. And yeah, it happened. But this, I started on October 5th of last year. I've meditated every single day. And that has really allowed the space for me to pause there's also a Viktor Frankl quote but it's questionable if, if he's the one to actually attribute it to but it says that in between the stimulus and response there is a space mm-hmm. and it's in that space you have the ability to choose to choose your reaction and so I think by doing this meditation practice I've allowed myself space to make a conscious choice of what um, my next action is and believe you me, like this is a practice. This is not, I'm not, I certainly haven't, haven't figured it out. No, now I'm just, you know, always going, going, going with the, you know, the, the highest and best. Um, but it's, it's certainly helped me to, yeah, to, to root into that and, um, speak, seek my truth Mm -hmm. and have a better relationship with my, um, my now husband, with my community um, by noticing first instead of simply reacting. Um, yes, yes, I love that. Um, there are so many benefits with meditation. And again, like you said, especially those of us that are in the energetic and spiritual community, it's almost like the drum, the ever beating drum. <laughs> like, yes, we know meditation is helpful. Yes, we know it's good for us. La 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 la. <laughs> But, um, so do you mind if I ask if, was there a specific technique that you have chosen and did you do that same technique every single day? That's a great question. Um, I've been experimenting. So, um, I had sort of an accountability because I started a meditation class and I was like, well, if I'm going to teach this, I have to practice what I'm preaching. So two weeks before that class I started, I was like, all right, well, what if I meditate? I know that 21 days is like, is what you hear from a lot of people as the, the magic number, magic number. Exactly. Um, and then, um, so I just use insight timer as an app. That's who, tra- uh, who tracks it for me. Um, and I, I was trying to listen to all different kinds because I was trying to teach different ways of like, okay. Oh, can we do, um, a breath work meditation? How do we do that? Um, if we do a loving kindness meditation, if we, um, do a body scan meditation. So it's sort of like playing with these different things. And, um, I've also changed the way that I look at meditation. Like it used to be a have to, like, like you were talking about that drum, like, Oh yes, I've heard. Yes. Just meditate. And then, you know, if you don't have time to meditate for five minutes, then you should be meditating for an hour. You know, like these, these, it's like an old (laughs) adage. Um, uh, and, when I changed my perspective and realized, and I actually have it in my calendar and my phone now, and it says, tap into universal energy source. I have it scheduled at 7 a.m. every morning. And when I got to the state of looking forward to that connection, that changed everything. Instead of it being a chore, it was like, I get to do this right now. I get to do this. 
and I look forward to it. If I get to the end of the day and somehow I didn't do it in the morning, I'm like, oh, I want to do it because I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. I'm also, you know, an achiever scientist. So, like, I want my number to keep going. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Maybe gamifying it is a bad thing. I don't know. It works for me. Whatever works. Um, but, yeah, I use a couple of different techniques. And um, I find that sometimes I get bored. And so um, finding the same practice hasn't been as helpful for me. But what I have come back to is mindfulness. And if a meditation doesn't turn out in the day to be a, a, a seated or a laying down meditation, eyes closed, with music or, or whatnot, um, then if I can stop and take conscious breaths throughout the day, or if I can listen to a song that I love and be present. So I've also like changed my rules of what it's like to meditate, and mm-hmm. that's really opened it up for me too. Yeah, I think... I think, uh, you know, walking meditations or nature meditations don't get enough credence either. But you can infuse that restorative breath into either walking through nature or, you know, sitting with your back against a tree with your eyes closed and just breathing with the trees. Exactly. Um, So, yes. Or reading or thinking, you know, there's um, so many. I do prefer guided meditation. I can do it on my own and there's time I mean I question I was like did I do it today or did I fall asleep what was you know like (laughs) thinking but giving myself that credit of okay well this is my practice and this is how it looked today if I could take one minute to breathe if I could take three conscious breaths I love you know I had led a walking meditation and that was so fun for me and I was like narrating as I was walking and um I don't do it as often because you know the technology connection but um it's, it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also committed to offering a weekly uh, virtual meditation circle. So if, if nothing more, it may, I show up and I do this meditation. Um, yeah, um, I, I know it sounds like you're saying many practitioners are like, oh, meditation is the way, it's the way, it's the way. And then, I, you know, I'm a convert for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, like you, I've been meditating for years. And for the longest time, it was just off and on. It was sporadic. It was almost like whenever I was in crisis. Yes. That's what I would come back to. But I would say when I was in pharmacy school is when I really started a regular meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And that came out of that stress. Yes. Because I was having really like insomniac problems, mm-hmm. which is not good. No. And it's not good for learning either. So. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but, and since then I've like you experimented with so many different things and, and you brought up the word mindfulness mm-hmm. and I just want to pause there for a minute because that word really just means awareness. Yes. And I think that word can be so, esoteric for some, especially depending on the context that's brought into conversation. And my word for 2021 is awareness. Mm. For 2020, it was flow, which is ironic. (laughs) But, you know, it it, it ended up being a good word for me in that year. Um, But again, awareness, mindfulness. So just being and the word present. What does that mean? So again, it just means like that you're here, you're now, you're aware. Like, how are you breathing? Where's their contraction in your body? All, you know, just little things and just observing without judgment. Yeah. 
That's all. So simple. Yeah. So easy. And it seems almost so easy. Like, why would I bother with that? Absolutely. <laughs> but when you make it a practice and you are intentional and deliberate, then that's when the shifts really start to happen. Exactly. I mean, you were talking about almost like reactive meditation, right? Like we do this because it's so stressful, then I, I know I have to do this. But almost like proactive meditation, like I'm doing this because I know that this will create space that I you know that I never in my humanness would have come up with that particular solution or possibility, right? And so yeah. when you give it up, like, and this is, I do um, a lot of that meditation of trying to move into oneness. Okay, well, if this is the space of infinite possibilities, what are the ones that are going to arrive to me that I'm going to be aware of today? And from a scientific perspective, I think it's, if we want to... Um, ascribe something like well, why does mindfulness work right you've gone into a parasympathetic state mm -hmm. in your body or then you can start to notice these things that may have always been there and you're of a clear state that you can then choose a different path or opportunity right. um you've given yourself the opportunity to refocus exactly and you know and it's again i say this a lot too it's not how perfect we are but it's how quickly we come back Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. you know, just being gentle with yourself and forgiving and allowing for whatever to be to be. Exactly. Yeah. And how fun and exciting and optimistic is that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted, you were talking earlier about creating community mm -hmm. and especially in the dynamic of COVID and all the isolation. So... Do you have some suggestions maybe for anyone out there that might be feeling like really isolated and disconnected and um, how they might go about, maybe they had a community before COVID, but that's fallen apart mm -hmm. or dissolved. How would they maybe go about creating a new community or finding a new one? I mean, I'm laughing because I was like, well, you could just come to Spark Healing Summit. That'll be a beautiful <laughs> community together. Um, and... For me, I have, I, I moved from Lake Tahoe, which was a really um, open, friendly space um, that within the first week of living here, I had a friend group solidly. Um, and then I moved to Seattle and it wasn't like that at all. Um, they call it the Seattle freeze um, for a reason. And it takes multiple years to be able to sort of like break into that community. For me, I found community by... Um, seeking out individuals who had similar interests and for that was in the entrepreneurial space and it first actually started online it started in um, like social media groups and things like that and that have grown in a relationship in in that way um, there are resources out there I mean um, if you go if you're really feeling alone, like Insight Timer has a really neat um, feature that when you meditate, you can be um, alerted how many other people are meditating with you. Oh, cool. And so that felt something that felt connecting. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I learned um, 
when I was having a really hard time as a, a light being, right, and didn't see, didn't understand, I was like, do other people feel this? Like, what's going on? Um, I envisioned as I was going to sleep, like this, the night sky and the stars and recognizing my connection with all of the individual light beings. If I saw them as little points of light and saw that this, we are together as a collective, that's this is all pretty esoteric right like this Mm -hmm. isn't like a tangible way of um connecting with other individuals um i'm not very good at sales but like sparky like summit for sure like that's the kind of community i want to create um and come to virtual meditations and find there are ways to do it for free if if that's a a challenge um Mm -hmm. seek out individuals who are community organizers and see what sort of offerings they are creating. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I, I had to start reaching, getting out of my comfort zone, reaching out and calling people that I hadn't called before because uh, I was embarrassed that I felt really lonely. You know, I'm like, I'm fine. I don't have kids that I'm doing Zoom school with. Like, I have a beautiful home that I live in. Um, so those are those are some tangible ways, I would think. Yeah. Um, were there yeah. others that you had in mind? <laughs> no, no. I just wanted to hear your perspective since you are, I would consider, like a community builder. Yeah. Um, and so the, you know, the only thing I would say is that I liked your suggestion of, of finding like-minded people um, with activities. Yeah. And or gatherings. Well, and so I think like we keep coming back to the gatherings because yeah. that's our default because, again, we're social. Yeah. I hope that most places across the country will be offering, even if they're limited numbers, some sort of in-person gathering soon if they're not already. But I do think maybe like focusing on the fun, like what, Mm -hmm. whoever you are out there, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah. And even if you have to like make a list, (laughs) be like, what did I used to like to do for fun before all this happens? Yeah. Yeah. And then like from there, get online and start Googling. Yeah. Where can I do this with other people? Where can I meet other people? Are there places that are having group gatherings? Yeah. And for me this year, um, I got back to snowboarding and it was like something that I did on the daily when I lived here. And then I was like, oh, I forgot how much I love this. And even though it was a solo, often solo activity, um, I was, I was sort of like, peripherally in a group like oh we are snow people right here we are getting ready for the lift and social distancing and all of this but it felt like a community experience and even like going out and enjoying time in the park you know if you're in a in a community you can like feel that connection tuning into your heart and this heart connections with others to try to feel that connection and community Mm -hmm. um it's, it's a hard one. It's, mm-hmm. there's not one answer. And I am a particularly interested in community person. Like that's how I feel, um, connection and love is in, in groups. And so it was trying. And then it's like, well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to reimagine this. Okay. We're going to find different ways. I'm going to speak to people from my heart and you know, putting on an event like this, reaching out to facilitators who I frankly thought were well outside of my realm of, uh, of influence to, to be able to mm-hmm. chat with, 
who've become very good friends because we started with a very vulnerable, real conversation about who we each are, what we want to bring to this world, and fast friendships like yes. with um, people across the globe, yeah. not, not in the United States. And Yeah, I think also breaking down those barriers to feeling vulnerable, and you brought up Brene Brown, and she is like the, uh, the queen of that work. Mm-hmm. But I think just really like that's almost like a, like a home base to come back to, too, yeah. is like that is talk about like evergreen work that we will continually need to work on because no matter, I feel like no matter how much self work and progress we've made it, you know, I feel like we also still come back to that. Oh, well we discount ourselves. We judge ourselves. We say like my pain's not as valuable as someone else's or as important or whatever. So I just encourage any of you out there feeling isolated, feeling alone, you're not. Yeah, definitely not. But you also have to have the courage and the vulnerability to reach out. Yeah. yeah. It's tough in the day and age of social media. Like, I feel like we see everybody's best days often. Mm-hmm. And it's rare that we get to see the behind the scenes of the work and the day-to-day difficulties and, and whatnot. I'm trying to break that down. Um and it's, it's hard and it's scary, um, but the success and the positivity, like the amount of connection that I've gotten because I've done that has been my validating factor to continue mm-hmm. to do that. Um, yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I, me and Bre- I, if you know me, you'll, you'll probably hear a Brene Brown quote every, every day. <laughs> Um, there's a couple of things like, you know, if you feel alone, like read her, any of her books, like Mm -hmm. she speaks in such a way, um, in particular, uh, Daring Greatly is the one that I, uh, Mm -hmm. connected with first, um, or the gifts of imperfection. It's Mm -hmm. like coming to like understand, oh, people really are like this. They just don't talk about it Mm -hmm. and feeling, and that may give, um, you a, uh, a way and language even to speak and, and be a little bit more vulnerable, um, to open up um, your heart and, and be there. And she also says um, her mantra is, I'm not here to be right. I'm here to get it right. Yes. I was just like, oh, amen so to that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on that note, because uh, I know you, we have to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I definitely want to continue this later okay. um, happily, and have, happily. yeah, have another um, fun-filled episode. So where can people find you online? Absolutely. So I am Apothecary of Light, which is very difficult to smell. <laughs> so you can say a pop of light is how you can find me, apopoflight.com or caseykent.com. Um, my summit is sparkhealingsummit.com. It's May 20th through 23rd, um, happening from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific. So some really big uh, fun-filled days that will be recorded so you don't have to be there for um, all of it um i am on social media at apothecary of light um instagram and facebook um and if you ever just want to send me an email and say hey i would love to be part of community please feel free to do that too join you in meditation online online on thursdays at noon um, my virtual meditation circle. You can find that um, through Eventbrite um, and you just have to register and it's free. Cool. 
anything else that you feel like we need to know from you? Oh my gosh. Um, just know that I'm there with you too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And we will have Casey back soon for another episode. And you guys have a fabulous week. Thank you.